Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hello everyone, welcome back to Not Basic Blonde podcast. Even though we are back to our regular content on Instagram and other social media platforms, that racism still exists. The problem is still there. It's been there for so many years and so many generations, but finally we got a wake-up call where we can actually can take some actions. That's why I decided to bring an expert who is racial trauma therapist Ashley McGurt on my podcast so we can dive deeply, raise more awareness, educate ourselves, and discuss all the issues related to this matter. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. I'm so glad to have you. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here and having this conversation with you today. Oh, thank you so much. We can just dive in. Would you please tell our listeners about yourself? Yeah, Definitely. Um, So my name's Ashley McGirt. I'm a licensed mental health therapist. I practice out of Seattle, Washington, and I specialize in racial trauma, trauma in general. And um, I wear a number of different hats, but they all help. They all lead towards helping my community to heal. That's amazing. How did you decide to become a mental therapist, racial trauma therapist? So it was actually an interesting story. I wanted to be a lawyer, but my grandmother died when I was young and I became extremely depressed. So I ended up going to this counselor to help me process through my grief. And I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. So there weren't any black counselors available. So I ended up seeing a white counselor. And my entire sessions were all around educating her on what it was like being a child in America. I never really get, got to process through my grief. I had to really educate her on the role of grandmother in Black families. And it just seemed like a really tedious process. Um, and I knew there had to be other Black children, other Black people who were things that I was feeling. And I just didn't feel that the therapy session was the space for us to be educating people when we should really be working toward our healing. So that's when I did a complete 360. And I decided that I was at go to school and learn about psychology in an attempt to really understand what was going on with me about grief, because my grief ended up turning into major depression because I didn't have the tools to really process and cope. Um, So that's how I ended up getting into this realm. And then I actually experienced a lot of racial trauma just in my own life and in the workspace. Um, So that's what really allowed me to research a lot about how racism impacts our mental health 
And one of my favorite books, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, written by Dr. Joy DeGruy, really talks about the impact that slavery has on our behaviors, on our psyches, and on our mental health. So that's how I began to delve into racial trauma to really help my community heal from that. Oh, I see. Wow, what a story. And I know there is a lot of racial trauma from some people, but I never heard of like term, you know, racial trauma therapist and is there actually a niche like I know now it's very helpful since you have this niche but I never heard and seen it before but how is it actually like what kind of traumas usually people have are they from this country or some of them are actually immigrated from other countries and they have the same problem Yeah, so it's actually a fairly new concept. It's not a new thing because um, we've been experiencing racism since the history of America. So that in itself is old. But the APA, the American Psychological Association, just began to recognize the impact that racism has on our mental health about two years ago. And so there aren't a lot of therapists who specialize in racial trauma We really have to do a lot of unique and creative work to hone this skill and to actually identify practices and skills that will help people heal from racialized trauma. And there's a number of different types of trauma. So trauma in general um, can be things like what we most know as a rape or someone who's experienced a war. Um, but trauma is anything that's traumatic to you. And then We have secondary trauma or what's called vicarious trauma. And that's something that you didn't actually experience, but you heard about um, through a third party or through the news. So things like 9-11, when the Twin Towers were hit, um, we all experienced that and were exposed to it. Some people were directly there and some people were far away, like me when I was in Washington State and I heard about it, but it still has a visceral impact to your body and your psyche. So that's vicarious trauma or secondary trauma. There's also cultural trauma. So you had mentioned like people who aren't from this country or things like that. So there's cultural specific trauma based on where you're at, the environment. There's people who like are in Syria or certain countries where they're exposed to alumma based on the culture in which they're growing up. And then those of us who are Black, um, people of color, Indigenous people, were exposed to racial trauma through um, racist incidents. So that race-based has an impact on our mood, our psyche, our behaviors. Yeah, I see. I can totally relate to some of it because I'm originally from Russia and I came here when I was 17. And I faced some racism and discrimination in this country, even though... I, when I mean in Russia growing up I didn't face that at all because I, I haven't seen that but I read about all this in books and when I came to U.S. I actually faced that myself and I've seen other people how they treated so I was kind of shocked about that but in Russia and some other countries of Soviet Union I've had a guy in my class he was African guy and his mom was Ukrainian his dad was African We treated him like he was like exotic, you know, like he was very special for us. And I never knew that people treat people in U.S. like this here. And also, what do you think? How can we bring more awareness to the Black Lives Matter movement? Having conversations 
conversations like these. So I think important for influencers like yourself to shed light on these conversations. Um, we need to talk about it because a lot of people are so far removed. Maybe they don't have black friends, black family members, just based on the environment where they live. So they're not exposed to it. So they don't know what's going on. And also they don't have the lived experiences of being a black person in America. So it's important to have the conversations, shed light on it, write articles about it. If you have um, a following that you can share and shed light, I think it's important. And we have a duty as human beings to really do better. And part of doing better is one, having the conversation, shedding light on it. Um, and like what you said, you know, even as an immigrant, immigrating here to another country can be traumatic because essentially, trauma overwhelms your system. And that can be overwhelming, leaving one home to go to another home. It has a visceral impact. Um, so just talking about it, connecting individuals with educators and leaders who are doing this work and advocating for change, researching, reading, um, expanding your network. Travel is so important. I know many of us are still on stay at home orders. So it's a little difficult right now with COVID-19. But it's important to get outside of your neighborhood, meet other people who don't look like you because you learn from them and from their experiences. I've been to over 40 countries. And so traveling has allowed me the privilege to really meet other people, understand their cultures, their beliefs, and things of that nature. And you, you don't have to go to 40 countries, but you know, just getting outside of your city and getting outside of your block, meeting new people, new faces. Yeah, wow, I'm so amazed you travel in 40 countries, but I haven't been in that many. <laughs> but even in U.S., when you go to different <laughs> yeah. Places, <laughs> yeah, even like in U.S., when you go to different places, some people are more open-minded in some states, and some states are they're very conservative, very closed-minded, they don't even know what's going on outside of their state. Exactly, and even in the same state, it can be a completely different environment. So like in Seattle, we're considered progressive, really liberal, but then you drive an hour to the east, it's more conservative, more Republican. They have different ideals, um, different thought processes around different things, whether it's minority issues, LGBTQIA community, religious beliefs. So there's cultural differences in your own state, in your own city, and across the nation. You know, you go to the South, things are a little bit different. You go up to New York on the East, it's going to be different. Yeah, that's true. And what resources can we use to educate ourselves better on the Black Lives Matter movement? The internet, Google. Google is free. YouTube. It's important to really utilize the resources that are already at your fingertips. Um, read get access to a library card. I know many libraries are closed right now due to COVID-19, but they're still supplying books and online catalogs that you have access to on the internet. Um, talk to your friends, talk to your family members. We should be having these conversations at the dinner table and expanding our network. Um, one book that I think is mandatory reading for everyone is White Fragility. It's by Robin DiAngelo. She's a whitely explains race in America. She puts it in a way that I believe other white people can receive it coming from her. Um, so that's an amazing book. 
also post-traumatic slave syndrome. That is mandatory reading if you want to learn more about the Black Lives Matter movement and why these things are impacting us, along with, you know, the new Jim Crow. Um, there's a number of books and things that I can, I can give you a whole list, but you have to you utilize the resources at your hand. You have to search. We have access to a lot of information. So it's putting that information to use and processing it and digesting it. Yeah. You know, conversations, this kind of conversations uh, in the family sometimes can be uncomfortable. So how do you, how to do it better? How to have uncomfortable conversations with your family about this issue? Well, it's important to do your own work first internally. So you have to address your own shame, your own guilt and feelings that you have when it comes to race in this country, and then show up at the dinner table with your family, um, set boundaries, set time limits, because these conversations can get very heated. We all have different, um, different beliefs, different views, and it's based on our life experiences. So your life experience from your moms, from your sister or your brother, even if you all live in the same household, you all have different set of experiences. So just giving one another grace, um, giving one another time to process their feelings and their emotions and their thoughts, and then you can provide education. Um, but of course, you have to be doing your own reading, your own education to even educate your family and process through you, you know, your own ancestral wounds, because we all carry inherited generational trauma been passed down from our ancestors and those who are descendants of Europeans that migrated to the Americas, there's a, a really negative history that you have to process and honor because, you know, we're living on stolen land that was built by slaves. That's a, a lot of deep-rooted history that you have to process through and acknowledge. You explained it better than anyone. That's so true. It was a stolen land and that's the way they did it. And now we have so many complications because of our ancestors. Us as a non-Black community, how can we bring more awareness and support the Black community? Um, by listening, um, listening to podcasts like these, listening to the voices of people of color, amplifying their voices. I really love... Um, what's been going on just on Instagram and other social media platforms where some people were taking a seat and being silent to amplify the voices of people of color. Um, and I, again, just having the conversation, reading, processing through your own uh, feelings, your own guilt and your own shame, because we all carry things that have been passed down to us, whether we want it to or not. No one chooses to, have to be white or to be black or to be anything, um, we show up in this world as we are. And race in general is a social construct. And we have to really recognize why and how race was created. It's an inherently racist construct. That's not, that's not even really real, but we identify individuals through these labels. Um, so just understanding the history and how we got to be where we are now. And that's how you create awareness through learning and teaching others. What do you think? What is the best way to teach your kids about diversity? Um, when exposing them to diversity, oftentimes we're limited to our own. It. We hang out with people who look like us and to expand our network um, so that we're not exposed to just one, one thing or one way. 
Um, for me growing up, like I said, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood, but I was still exposed to Vietnamese people, Samoan, um, people from all walks of faiths, Muslim, Christianity. Um, so I had a really good group of people because my parents exposed me to people who didn't look like me to make sure I knew there's other people in the world who show up. So that exposure is critical. And if you live in a town where it's hard to find other black people or other non-white people, exposing your children to films that promote positive images of people of color. Netflix has a ton of different documentaries, a ton of films, exposing your kids to literature written by and about um, the African-American community and others for that matter as well, listening to different music. So that's how we can do it, just through exposure to the arts. And, you know, there's so much of this sometimes, so many issues happen in the workplace. And how is to better bring more awareness in the workplace about this issue? If you're in a position of leadership, it's important for you to crease around anti-discrimination, around anti-workplace harassment. We have, um, we have things in the workplace against sexual harassment. So we need to have things in place around microaggressions and racism, just like we do around sexual harassment. So create policies. And if you're not in a position of leadership, reach out to HR department, reach out to your leaders and request that maybe somebody comes in and provides a cultural competency training, um, maybe a training on microaggression workplace, racial trauma in the workplace. Um, it's important as a leader to do these things. And if you're not in a leadership position, it's important that you ask, you request, um, and you make sure that this is happening in your environment so that you can support your colleagues who may not look like you. Yeah, and especially in the offices, in the regular um, built workplace, you know, in some offices, not there like more open-minded right now, like millennials, but the ones that were like kind of older companies, I've experienced that a lot because I used to be project manager before I became a blogger, an influencer. So I've experienced a lot of it. And I cried so many times at my desk and I couldn't do anything about it. And even though, I mean, I'm not the kind of person that would actually complain to someone because I don't like to do it, but people that were working with me they actually do that and you know and sometimes it worked out against me because they would believe them more because they were born here and they're from here than me even though they were wrong so it was really tough for me sometimes and i totally agree with you in the workplace there should be more rules and kind of more adjustments on this topic exactly um, because it's happening in the workplace way too often. I experienced it when I was working in corporate America, which also really um, pushed me into focusing on racial trauma because of my experiences as a Black woman in a position of leadership in a white organization. I experienced a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, depression, um, and it was all based on how I looked. And because I showed up as a director in that company and my colleagues didn't respect me because I was a young black woman and they could not see me as their director based on my skin color. So it really impacted my mental health. Yeah, I totally understand. And you know, some of the people 
some of the white people are feeling guilt because you're not educated enough and how can they cope with this guilt and how can they better go through this? And that's normal. There are a lot of ancestral wounds that you're processing through and holding on to the guilt of your ancestors. Um, so allow yourself to feel the feelings and do the work. Um, I would read White Fragility because it talks a lot about processing through white guilt. And I've never been a white person, so I can't speak directly to that. But Robin D'Angelo is a white woman. So I really love how her book speaks to working through that guilt and that shame. I see. And from the therapist's point of view, what should we do better? I do anti-racist works. Um, be kind. Forgive one another. Expose yourself to other people from other walks of life. And educate, educate, educate. Education is so important, um, especially as a Black woman who wasn't allowed our, through the history. Our people weren't allowed to receive education. So you have the privilege to be educated by other people and through yourself by, by doing the work. And just give yourself grace and time. You know, it's an ongoing process. It's something that we all work all work through our entire lives as we navigate race and some of the racial injustices of the world. And sometimes, you know, you, you can align yourself with an organization, maybe support your community, give back, do some advocacy work, and that's how you can show up. That's a great advice. And what is your favorite quote that you live by? My favorite quote is, service is the rent we pay to live on this earth. I honestly feel like we all need to give back. We all need to be of service to others because it is literally our rent to live on this earth. It's how we give, how we thank the earth and, you know, we thank the universe. And if you're a spiritual person, how you thank God by giving back and being of service to others. I love this quote. Wow. And where can all listeners find you? Your social handles, your website, all the info? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. It's at Therapy with Ash. Uh, my website is my name, ashleymcgirt.com. Um, and I also have a, a Twitter page, at Therapy with Ash. Uh, Facebook, it's the same, Ashley McGirt. So those are the main ones that I'm on. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being my guest. Thank You're you. welcome. Have a good one. You too. All right, bye-bye. That was all for today, loves. And I'm so grateful to Ashley for educating us on such a sensitive topic. And if you really enjoyed this episode, you can tag NBB Podcast and Therapy with Ash on your Instagram stories and let us know what you think. Also, you can always DM me on Instagram. It's not basicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. Thank you so much, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.